Hey, welcome back to the AI train with Leanne and Tim. Hey, uh, hey. Today, <laughs> hey, today we're going to talk about Claude uh, because that has now come to the land down under. Very excited because I've been hanging out in AI Facebook groups and people have been talking about how Claude is better than ChatGPT and I didn't have access to it being in Australia. So we do have access now as of beginning of last week, I believe, at the time of recording and have had the chance to play around with it a little bit. But yeah, thought today we could talk about it a little bit in terms of ChatGPT versus Claude, a bit of the background of Claude. And yeah, and I'd love to hear your thoughts as well after the episode, what your preference is. Are you team ChatGPT or Claude or do you mix it up? Uh, but yeah, Tim, where are you at with Claude? What are your thoughts? So I've only really just busted the door open with Claude myself. Um, I've had access to it for probably maybe two or three weeks before other people in Australia. There was a developer beta that went around. Uh, I think I signed up for a long time ago and then all of a sudden got an email going like, oh, hey, by the way, you've got this now. I'm like, okay, cool. So I've, all, I've, all I've really done is is logged in, taken a bit of a look at what it does and sort of like run a few workloads against it, sort of comparing uh, what I would do in ChatGPT typically and then into Claude. And look, I mean, um, the interface is very much more stripped back it's a lot more minimal than what than the, what the chat gpt interface is it almost feels like you know that uh the apple versus pc war um of ai because they've gone really really clean and minimal um it is only unfortunately in light mode there's no dark mode so it feels like it burns my retinas out when i'm reading what using the thing but um the the tool itself is is really interesting and I suppose it really it stems from the background of the tool, like where it came from, how it was originally born, um, and and sort of why we have Claude as an alternative or a, com- a direct competitor to OpenAI. Um, the, the the vice president uh, at, at one point of a, OpenAI uh, and a few group group members of the OpenAI team had a fundamental shift in their thinking about how AI should be built. And then, you know, about the the safety and security of AIs um, and and how you compel them to actually do the right thing rather than doing, you know, terrible sort of stuff with the information like we've seen with ChatGPT, uh, sometimes pushing out incorrect information and then people trusting that kind of thing. So it's around that real, that, that trust model that they've, they wanted to do it. And there was a fundamental shift in, of, of the thinking of that group. They split away in 2021 uh, from the OpenAI studios uh, and they started a, a company called Anthropic and it's been a couple of years, but they've now got to a point where they've launched Claude. Um, and Liam, you were just telling me before that um, apparently Google's now invested heavily in them. Yeah, I saw an article from yeah, last week and it's saying that Google is investing like $2 billion uh, into Anthropic. Uh, so I'm like, oh, okay, uh, they're going to try and obviously, you know, fight with Microsoft a little bit there. Um, you know, uh, also the article says Anthropic uh, was valued earlier in the year at $4.1 billion. So, you know, throw a bit more money into it and try and, and bring it up there. And it's definitely going to be, you know, the whole, yeah, you know, Apple versus Android, which, <laughs> which party are you going to go into? Uh, I think, look, definitely what you were saying before with, the functionality being a lot cleaner, I, I guess, in Claude. That's what I'm finding as well. It's just, it's pretty much like Google now. You know, you just see one little search bar, nice and simple. There, and, you know, all the the chat history is below it, uh, which is it is nice rather than side. But what I'm seeing with with Claude, I'm really keen to see where I, I think ChatGPT is gonna. Oh, I mean, they've got to bounce off ideas of each other and try and be better and better than copy and be better and whatever it is. 
But ultimately what I was hearing before I got to use Claude was all about, oh, you can upload, like the token limits are a lot, lot larger, you can upload a lot more. So you can actually upload, uh, at the time of recording, uh, five uh, 10 megabyte documents, uh, just to confirm, 10 megabytes per file. You can't upload a 15 megabyte, but only one. I tried that, didn't work. Um, but you just use something like I love PDF or whatever to make it smaller and you're all good with size. Um, and so, yeah, upload it. And you don't have to go through the extra step like you do with uh, ChatGPT. You don't have to get the plug-in, you know, ask a PDF and then upload and go through like three, four steps. You just upload it then and there, which is very, very handy. Because I did have the other day in a workshop, someone asked, oh, can you get uh, ChatGPT to edit uh, a manuscript? But I don't think, no, it, it probably can't, whereas I think Claude will probably have a bit more of the, the capacity to do it. Um, and the other thing that it can do, well, yeah, just the fact that you don't have all the extra little plugins is very handy. Uh, and just I, I've still got to start that a little bit if you can actually train it up to sound like you because we know ChatGPT has, you know, your custom instructions, you put the tone of voice and everything in there. I've yet to kind of explore how Claude can actually allow you to do that. Uh, yes, the very first results it gives you without that background information does sound a lot more human-centric, which is great, but I still have to kind of work out, can it actually capture uh, your own language or do you have to upload the transcripts, upload the PDFs, which have your tone of voice, and then work with it that way. So I'm kind of keen to see... It, we might have to use it in different ways. Yeah, as far as I know, because it's obviously it, it Claude, even though it's Claude 2 now, it's still in its infancy um, that it has a <clears throat> like a model where it's trying to, you know, be that jack of all trades that ChatGPT was. But if you think about it, about when we started using 3 and 3.5 in ChatGPT, or even before that, where there were GPT-like tools that I was using, she's found, you know, a year and a half ago, uh, before OpenAI launched with, uh, with Chat, um, you know, even back then, you had to do something similar. You still had to, you had to like chunk down the information. Um, and to some extent, in still in ChatGPT, you have to do this too now. But you have to chunk the information down. So if you had like a large format document, you'd have to like take you know a section or a paragraph or you know up to five thousand characters, that kind of thing. So I think you know Claude's probably in that sort of space. The ten meg limit's interesting because um, it depends on what you call ten meg in a PDF. A lot of people will rally against that because the content of a PDF can be enormous. Like you can have a thirty meg PDF. Mostly that's because it's graphics though. So if you just, just, just stripped out the, the text content only, a 10 meg PDF is actually significant. Like we're talking probably, you know, half a novel kind of worth of text really in 10 meg. Um, if probably even more, like you think about a, a um, it's more the PDF wrapper itself, like a, an ebook that you download for, for your Kindle is, you know, might be 150,000 words. It's probably, you know, 500K. It's not, it's nothing. It's absolutely nothing. So the amount of text you could, you could foreseeably spit at Claude to be able to get to do, to do stuff would be, you know, potentially enormous if you can do five 10 meg PDFs in one go. I think the training model though, unlike chat where you've got your custom instructions, you would still have to say, hey, I want you to think about it like this and treat it like this. I don't know about the impersonation level too, because I think that's that's one of the, the things that Claude has in its background is that that ethical kind of concern. Will it Will it do that kind of thing or not? Who knows? Yeah, we'll have to see what happens with um with all that because it's yeah it's interesting. I you can also um upload by the way like Excel spreadsheets, uh, CFE CSV files, 
uh, and what's the other thing? No, I'm just gripping up there. Um, oh no, it's actually opening up. Um, a PDF, yeah, a text file. Uh, so pretty much, it sounds like any file. And yeah, it will just look. It might come down. I haven't subscribed to Pro. There is a Pro version as well, so I'm just talking about the free one at the moment. The Pro is the same cost, monthly cost of ChatGPT, so 20 US a month. So I wonder, yeah, if, if we do, you know, subscribe, what kind of extra bits and pieces that it has, and it might have a little bit more uh, functionality. After we kind of explore that, we'll know a bit more. But uh, yeah, I, I like. Oh, and it's also telling me about three messages remaining until 8 p.m. So it looks like it's definitely capping as well, which would make you be really <laughs> specific with your usage for it too. Yeah, which is really interesting because with um, ChatGPT 4 uh, of late, I've noticed the cap's been, well, I think it still says there's a cap there, but I haven't hit it. I had, and I've, I've been pushing, like the other day, I was pushing it really quite hard to get um, some, some content generation. I'm not, I'm not just talking about like, you know, one or two sentences. I'm talking about like, you know, five and 600 meg, uh, sorry, 600 meg, 600 word sort of sections at a time, just going like, give me one of these. No, I don't like that. Can you give it to me again? Regenerate, 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 regenerate. And it was just, it didn't skip a beat. So um, I'm interested in understanding what OpenAI has done to their rate cap. I know that they're more focused on the, the rate capping for DALI now because the uh, obviously we all started smashing it. They've reduced it now to two images in generation per time, not not four, which is, I think, totally understandable because they, yeah, you'd, you'd get hit with rate limits pretty quickly um, as they start to scale that service up. But yeah, like, I mean, I think Claude is... Um, probably a good choice for certain industries and it's one of those things that i've thought about this before about um what's the use of ai in sectors of the industry like legal and healthcare and you know social services and social justice and those kind of things so is there a a model of ai that could be better used for that kind of thing and i think you know claude 2 being fundamentally based in with an with an ethical bias or an ethical cause of concern without bias maybe um it could be the choice of you know your legal professional. It could be the choice of your healthcare professional. That kind of thing. Um, just just to try and open it out into a, a wider discussion because I think Chat GPT is is definitely that kind of jack of all trades. It's the it does everything that multi, that multi multimodal stuff that they they keep touting about um, that it's, it's coming shortly um, is is interesting. And I think for the the shotgun effect, I think Chat GPT does a really great job. I think for specific use case that can be highly trained or at least maybe not the trained, but, but highly relied upon and trusted as a trust model for sensitive industries. I think that's that's a that's a, a key demographic that hasn't been yet really served or catered for. Yeah, and definitely. And if they're the industries as well with, you know, massive reports and articles that you need to wade, you know, wade your way through, then at the moment, Claw looks like a really great option to obviously upload and then create analysis and everything like that. Uh, without being glitchy or, you know, have to, yeah, copy and paste a million different things. Um, I've just looked in as well. I, I've just clicked about um, subscribing to Pro, and it looks very much the same as what ChatGPT uh, 4 looked like a few months ago in terms of level up your usage, like really, really broad and vague there, and priority access during high traffic periods. Well, I never had issues before, and early access to new features. Okay, cool. So it seems that it's you probably don't get a lot of extra benefit right now from the pro, just reading between the lines of what it's outlining here. Uh, so probably good to wait and see when things are released. And it's like with ChatGPT now, I say people 
I can definitely see the value in upgrading because you're very, very limited in what you can actually do with a free one and all the cool extra features, the plugins and the, um, you know, Dally and everything, that, that makes it worth at 100%, 20 bucks US a month. So I, I'm kind of curious to see what, what Claude ended up doing. And I think we just it's going to be a constant comparison thing, I think, um, Tim, over the next however long and go, all right, this one now has this, okay, let's jump onto that. And at least at least unlike the Apple versus Android thing, you don't have to go change all your, your appliances. <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. <laughs> to make it work. The um the one thing I think that the, the real risk here is though is that if we if you do buy into both for specific use case you'll always be going oh, I wonder what the other one does and then giving it the same workload and then constantly like burning out both of you you know you you know not just time but then effort and energy just trying to compare the two things together and while you know the the happy halcyon space might be somewhere between the two where you'd sort of use bits and pieces from each other oh you know this one this needs to be highly um, you know, factual, let's use Claude versus using ChatGPT, that kind of stuff. I think, um, you know, they're both going to be pushing the same boundaries. I I would have a hazard a guess that Claude probably won't go into, um, do, or Anthropic won't go into doing image generation anytime soon. Um, although with Google investing, you do have to wonder what that's going to look like. Will they be like Google Bard brought to you by Anthropic Claude? You know, or is it like it's like some some of the way that we've got Bing, and then is like Google is a search company. Their their entire money generation engine is built off search. Are we going to have like Bing Chat GPT based search, and then we'll have Claude, you know, Google search? Yeah. Like, what's then? I mean, at this point, like, where's where's that madness kind of end? Because like, well, one of the other search engines is not that there's a, a handful of other ones. Will they go off and launch their own? I know there's a browser this week, um, the Brave browser. They went off and they've gone like, oh, this ChatGPT thing, it's it's too risky. Here, we, we've we've launched our own ultra private one that's only private to you, which is yeah. I, I, the, if you look into the into Brave, um, a privacy based browser that has been been proven to not be so private recently. So it's um yeah, take that with a grain of salt. And then like the final thing really to talk talk about with with large language models um, and things like Claude and ChatGPT existing, especially for certain industries is the rise of local large language models. And what I mean by that is there's, there's movements and there have been movements for months now um, where people have created uh, local language models that run on your home computer. Now, do they run as fast? No. Do they do have the same capabilities? No. It, it is really for the seriously tech savvy enthusiast who would want to run one of these things at home and, and use it. But, um, you know, it's not unforeseeable to see companies starting to do that as well and especially in specific industries where they can tr- not just train up their own model on their knowledge but then also on specific industry knowledge so that it, they know that at least everything could be mostly factually correct uh with maybe light right editing. yeah that would be great you go all right yep you just go to this model oh yeah i'm in the yeah health industry cool I know this is the tool we use and we know for sure all the sources all the data support you know high quality reliable sources because it's all been yeah. like tested and checked and, and peer-reviewed yeah. and it's all in-house so it, it's not it's not going out to the web to do the stuff it's just a server sitting in your data center somewhere or wherever you happen to have got that got that set um and look so there, there are rumblings of that kind of thing happening i know facebook's uh llama model which is their kind of their large language thing um has had many forks and offshoots of it to be able to get that kind of thing done but i mean not that we'll talk about that it'll be a whole other episode but uh, the uh the yeah it, it's really interesting to see where claude is now that it is 
taken OpenAI, I think it was their, they founded 2015. So their research and everything is obviously where they've been built on. That same research has been has built Claude now. But in the space of time, they built OpenAI's first kind of GPT-2 and 3 models. They've iterated two different editions of Claude as well in two years. Um, I think the future's bright for it. I'd, I'd like to see... I, I don't feel like it has a direction right right now, but I'd like to see you know where they're going to take that. I wonder where where does Google Bard fit into all of this though? Like, is that just going to like the abandoned little brother? Uh, <laughs> like, it's just like that's kind of yeah. Yeah, it could be. It could be that something that um, Bard will be being you know fundamentally run by uh, Claude, and it just happens to be that Bard yeah. is just the branding that's it's it's a it's a branding exercise, or it becomes a branding exercise more than a technology exercise. Um, I can honestly say, for the last month, I haven't even touched it because it's oh, it's kind of off the radar a little bit. Like I, I just um, I kind of might mention in passing, but it's yeah. I mean, it's 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 junk. <laughs> like I literally have here. Um, I, I I got it. I think I've got the most recent chat I've got on it, which was like provide me a list of top 10 popular questions about email copywriting and i so it did so, so for some stuff like that it's really good because it obviously grabs hold of the, the google um algorithm for the search and then and uses that to be able to inform itself so as sort of like a research tool to be able to find out what people are thinking and doing online in uh on the web itself it's kind of well, at least through google search yeah it's kind of okay but for just going like hey can you generate me some actual content it's just like you know, I might as well go, you know, find a cafe and go and write it all myself because it's just like, it's not, it's terrible. Um, you know, it, it feels like it's, it definitely feels like it's riding the short bus, if if you know what I mean. <laughs> well, I guess we'll wait and see. Uh, all right, well, we'll wrap up this episode, but I think, yeah, let us know what you think of Claude versus ChatGPT, how you're using it, uh, your yeah, your input, obviously, if you have been, you know, located overseas and been using it longer or you are, you know, you hit it hard as an Australian and excited like us to get into it. Love to, yeah, share your thoughts with us, you know, leave us a review as well. And uh, we will see you around in the next episode. Absolutely. Catch you a little later. All right. Bye.